Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got a really cool guest sitting on our couch today. Her name is Janelle. She is a registered massage therapist. She's also in real estate. And we've been dying to have someone come on to talk to us about commercial real estate. I've been working on this for so fucking long. <laughs> I told her that. <laughs> since since, since yeah. October, we've been trying to get somebody, or maybe even longer. longer. And the irony of having a real estate broker right beside you and not being able to get anyone in is kind of funny. Nobody yeah, wanted to put on a headset. <laughs> We've asked them and they're like, yeah, well, come on. And then I only run into the guy like outside smoking a cigarette or we pass each other, not pass each other, but, or we're standing next to each other at the urinal and that's kind of a weird conversation. Awkward time. Yeah. You know, we got our that. dicks in our hands. Like, hey man, you going to come on the podcast? Like, no, 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 I'd rather not do Real that. Real estate agents are always busy. Mm, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Um, Janelle is also a mm, sort of past student. Like, this can be like she a, was. Where, she was my past student. Yeah, I was my clinic. Yeah, yeah. Clinic supervisor. So this sounds like a, a "Where are they now?" series. We started doing that too. Actually, I think we only had one episode. Of we that only had one. Yeah, where we brought was in a past Megan? student. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was uh, with uh, Emma. Quote unquote Emma. Emma. She wanted to. She's like, no, don't use my name. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda's also with us, as you heard. She's sitting in the Captain Kirk chair, laying yes, back, all Captain Kirk like. Yes, I am. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda, registered massage therapist. And Mark already introduced our guest, but I'll do it again. Her name is Janelle Knox. And she, yeah, she was sort of a student. I was a clinic supervisor when she, I think when you started clinic, or did I come in partway through your clinic? I think you were closer to the end. Okay. Yeah. I have so much trouble remembering and it wasn't that long ago. But fun story. I don't know if Janelle remembers this. Janelle was the first non-family member that I told when I got pregnant because she was standing next to me. We were at an outreach at a senior's home and she looked at me like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm going to throw up. The smell was really strong that day and I was probably seven, eight weeks pregnant and I just said to her, I can't handle this. And she gave me a weird look. I'm like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I remember. <laughs> Being I'm, pregnant must suck, eh? Oh, I remember the days even for myself. I was only registered in school a month before I found out I was pregnant yeah, with she my was, second. She was pregnant in clinic. She was yeah. treating very, very pregnant in clinic. Yes, I remember, I remember that. and it was very dreadful. I actually went to school right up until... Like the day before I gave birth and then came back like three days later, four days later to try to finish. So I'm happy I did. I was going to take the year off, but I didn't. We had someone when I was teaching at another campus, we had someone that was in labor. She came in and did an oral practical exam and went to the hospital that night and had, a, <laughs> and had her baby. Yeah, like, I remember yeah. that. Listen, was, I'm not missing this. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was hardcore and I don't think she ever became an RMT. Oh, that oh. much dedication to yeah. not make it through? You know what? I should look her up on the college website. I don't think she did though. No, I was really impressed when you left, had a baby and you were right back. Oh I yeah. I don't know I how like, you did I that. I couldn't. I was like, I can't not. If I'm like, if I don't go back, I won't go back you know you can't take sometimes you take that much time off and you're like in all that time you like find a new dream i'll do this instead and then it's just a waste right so i'm happy that i made it back so massage therapy was a dream for you no <laughs> no i wouldn't say it was a dream right. it kind of just fell into my lap to be honest with you i remember i used to i was actually in school for a medical office assistant and then something happened with my osap and i wasn't able to finish my last semester so i got a job at a physiotherapist doing pta which i wasn't registered for but he still hired me. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then I realized I'm like, I started seeing him what the massage therapist did. And I'm like, I could do that. So I did. I don't think we've ever had someone on the podcast who is like 
yeah, I want to be an art. Have we had someone like that? Like they knew from way back. I feel like a lot of the people really? we've had on have, have been like super, super into it, which actually kind of made me feel kind of shitty about but myself. I like- <laughs> because it, I, I was like you, it wasn't a dream. It fell into my lap. Yeah. I was planning to do something else, ended up in a job where massage therapy was in the surroundings. And I was like, I could do this. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do this. It was never my end game. Me Never. I'm trying to recall the majority of our guests and I th- I feel like the majority of people that came sat on the couch, they're like, yeah, it's second career or third career. It was never like coming out of the gates from high school. I want to be a massage therapist. I feel like massage therapy is always kind of a somewhat afterthought when you realize, fuck, yeah. life sucks. Well, I need to do something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might be an afterthought because I don't think it's something that your parents drill into your brain. You know, mm-hmm. like doctor, lawyer, nurse. Okay. Like- you guys are parents. Would you drill it? In- would you be like encouraging no. your children massage therapy <laughs> not to massage therapy but one thing i do definitely drill my into my kids is kind of like entrepreneurship find things that you can do for yourself mm-hmm. um because i really especially in today's day and age don't believe there's secure jobs um look at like sears for example like all those people who worked there for how many years lost all their pension like what you think is security is you're leaving in the hands of an entrepreneur like of somebody who decided to do it for themselves so yeah. i definitely push and i think that was one of the big big thing with being RMT is is that oh I can make my own schedule and I can control my you know my own life and build my own career and that was like the headline of it all like you really do have to start listening to this podcast like <laughs> at least 50% of what we do is talk to entrepreneurs yeah and it talk about exactly this where it's just I don't know I would much rather hustle and work 27 hours a day and do it for me your math mm-hmm. is off then work- <laughs> I do that on purpose it's because I really do hard. feel like I work more that's than how a much, full day. That's how much longer it feels when you're doing it. does. <laughs> it feels like you work 27 hours out of 24 every day. But because it's for us, I'm okay with it. I hear you. When, you're only, when you see kind of the end product, it's like, oh, wow, like I did that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, It's not the same joy you get from kind of maybe climbing the ladder. That was actually my first thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to be one of those girls that wear skirts and a business suit and Me I'm too. in the corporate world mm-hmm. and I'm going to work downtown. And yeah, <laughs> I learned, I got a job at the bank and learned within like, Four months that I hate it. What did you hate about it? Um, sitting at a desk Mm. for hours and wearing the skirts. Yeah, having to get dressed all the time. Like I'm like, oh, I have to. Right now, I literally wear yoga pants, sneakers, and exactly every day. (laughs) Um, yeah, like and just the whole like sitting them watching you, them on top of you. Oh, I saw you took. I was on phones. I did customer service, so it's like, oh, I um would always ox out and then like just walk to the washroom, you know, get up. And then my manager would be over me like, oh, why were you on ox for so long? Oh, why did you take an extra break? Oh, why? You know what I mean? Like, I just that couldn't handle kills it. Me. Like, uh, have you ever had a manager role like that? No, I've never have made you? it that far. <laughs> yes, I have. So does it really fucking matter? Like, does it come down on the manager's head that you took some time to fucking stretch your legs and go to the washroom? Or is that just a manager being an asshole? It probably depends on the company. Like, you, there's a fine line scenario. There, okay. What would you say? Well, there's a fine line between being an asshole and power tripping okay. and making sure that you're keeping things fair for all of the staff. Like okay. I managed a gym. And so, yeah, everybody had their scheduled break times and, the, you know, you had a certain amount of time. Yeah. If somebody came back four minutes late from their break, of course, I wasn't harping on them. Not it, it was not going to make or break the whole day. But if there was somebody that was constantly taking a break and taking off and whatever, then the other staff are on 
me like why aren't you saying anything I only get this much time and so you have to like be firm so they don't walk all over you but then you don't have to be an asshole I think it was the same environment like the environment's kind of like oh most of the time it was like oh there's 90 people in the queue why are you taking a break I'm like because there's 90 people in the queue (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's like realistically well when you walk away like now those 90 people are being dispersed between everyone else and you're getting paid the same like so you should be sitting down and you know like I get it I understand it but I hated it so that's why for me it was always just like I knew I had to do something for myself because even if they were right for approaching me I just didn't want anybody to be able to this is reminding me of what happened at the grocery store the other day I was um, in line and the the woman looked very annoyed the cashier looked very annoyed Okay, Um, she didn't have her sign up saying she was closed but she almost looked like deflated when I started putting my stuff down so I recognized right away like oh shit she was probably planning to take her break but anyway she took me and then I guess a man or someone walked by and she called her out to her and she said, when is my break? And there was this whole discussion about breaks and well, so-and-so got to go already and whatever. And there was, it, it was slightly unprofessional in front of all the customers, <laughs> but whatever. It was in the grocery store. And so they're all talking about this. And I thought, you know what? That really sucks. This lady probably stands here all day oh my gosh, and yeah. she probably just has to pee. You know what I mean? Like she just has to go and you can't just walk away and go pee when you want. You can't decide I want <laughs> to go take a drink a of water. It's me. weird, right? Like you have to get permission that's what to I mean. walk away to do just a natural bodily yeah. Function. That's what I mean. Fuck it, I'm out. Yeah, I can't that's do what it. I, mean. yeah. I don't even understand the manager role, to be honest with you. I would be a horrible manager because for me, at the end of the day, I wouldn't give a fuck. I mean, like, I don't own the place. Exactly. So whatever, <laughs> whatever you're doing here really doesn't have any bearing on me. Like, I, you want to both take a break? If you were actually in the manager role. Um, it does have a bearing on you because you have somebody over your head snapping at you. Even even at the school, I was the I was a director. I was the director of admissions at the college, and even there, I had a team of four people. And there was one specific day, all four of them decided to get up and go for lunch at the same time, leaving nobody on phones, zero people. And you're sitting there. So like- at that point, like I had to say, they didn't tell me they were going. They all just left at the same time. And of course, I had to get upset afterwards. And you know, they all played like, "Oh, I didn't know he went. Oh, I thought he was." Eating. Yeah, they were all, all ate together. They're all at Pizza Hut together, <laughs> right? For fucking yeah, right. Just <laughs> laughing at me, taking care of everything by myself. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, no manager, and almost everybody I know who like gets they're excited to get promoted, and yeah. then they realize like I would rather be an employee, like just a regular employee, yeah. than be like managerial roles. Actually, usually suck. It comes with extra stress. Um, mm-hmm. You get the stress from beneath you, and you get the stress you're sandwiched by it because yeah. you're. All the problems yeah. from your employees become your problems, and then all the problems from above become your problems. Yeah. And you're just squished. In you're between. actually a mediator between the upper management and the staff. Just, exactly. And no matter what you say to anyone, you're not going to win. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to win. See, like I couldn't even. I always think about this when I when I see a bus driver roll by. I'm like, I couldn't even be a TTC driver because guess what? If you come on oh, my bus and you're like, I'm not paying the fare, I'd be like, What the okay. fuck do I care? Go. <laughs> I, 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 I would never fight. With yeah, them. I don't own this. Joint. This doesn't affect my pay one fucking bit. Cool. I might not give you a transfer. Do you know what I mean? Okay, you can go try to get away with this on the next bus. I remember a bus driver where I was like 16 years old and I put in like short change. So I put in change and I put it in short. And he's like, that's not enough. 
I was like, okay. I'm like, it's all I have. Like, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I just need to get where I'm going. He's like, it's not enough. And then I'm like, really? Like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't, I can't even get my change back now. The worst part about it is he actually still drove and then forced me to get off the bus down from where I got on the bus. So now <laughs> you left the only me money you and had. took the only money I had. I was like, what kind of like, it, it was actually a lady on the, on the bus that was like here and she gave me the change to add in to make it to make it enough i was like how like but how ridiculous is that and that's just somebody who's in a bad mood just being a dick and he's like you know what not today bitch not you you're i'm not letting this one slide and i wouldn't you know give what a I mean? fuck because what difference does it make to me thank god you own your own business and you're not an employee because you are the worst fucking employee <laughs> ever every company would go bankrupt because mark would be like take whatever you want do whatever you want <laughs> <I> know, right <laughs> I'm a hard Everything's driver, free. Okay? I just I just need to work by my own rules. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's what it's supposed to be. And I feel like the generation coming up, like if you look at it, like it's full of kids that are growing up and are so much more um, independent when it comes to making their own rules. Like look at all the kids that are getting money off of YouTube and video game, like all these things that they have access to that we never even had. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're starting like, there's girls in there that just do makeup tutorials and they're making like money off of YouTube because people just like looking at them put their makeup on. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like it's like, that's how simple the world has become. There'll always be people who need the security. We need employees. Obviously. Of course. Do you know what I mean? We need people who want to just go to work and then come home. Yeah, tell me what to do. I'll do it. And it's hard because even being working for yourself, people are like, oh, I love you have to be your own boss and blah, blah, blah. But it's not about being your own boss. It's actually learning to be your own employee mm -hmm. because you have to get up and do it and you have to work with nobody telling you. And that's actually sometimes harder than it that, is to just go in. That is really hard. We've had this discussion many, many times because there's times where I'll say to Mark, like, oh, you should take a break. You know, you've been going straight for whatever, 10 hours. And he'll say, I have a deadline. And then I'll say to him, yeah, but you made that deadline. He's like, well, if I don't make me do it, who's going to make me do it? I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Go ahead. See, and that's amazing. And that's what most people struggle with, right? That's the hardest. Even for myself, mm. I feel like that's one of my biggest things that I'm struggling with is my whole life, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I kind of winged it. You know what I mean? Like things just, you know, I do enough just to, but now it's like, I'm at the point where it's like, okay, you have to set goals. You have to be specific about your goals. You can't just be like, oh, this is my goal. Like, no, okay. Now you have to make a plan. You have to actually get to the goal. You have to set de deadlines. Deadlines is actually yeah. the most important part because it's like without a deadline, 10 years will pass. Yep. It really sounds like you took the business course at Con Ed. I did. Oh, wait, you did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. No, but it definitely, it's true. Everything you guys taught that the whole goal setting thing, it's everything that you need. Yeah. One more thing on entrepreneurship before we get into talking about massage or real estate or whatever the heck we're talking Both. to Janelle about today. Um, you were talking about kids these days and it makes me really excited because when I was a kid, I felt like I didn't, you know how massage was not my dream. Yeah. Massage was not my dream because as I said, it was never presented. My parents were of the mindset, you go to school, you graduate, you get a job with security and you climb the ladder. You know, yeah. both of them have worked for the same places for as long as I can remember. It gives me the chills to think it's, of that. It's a crazy concept to us, <laughs> yeah. right? But now our kids are being raised by parents who have tried out different things, you know, have gone out on their own. And I think it gives them more of an understanding of like, okay, there's pretty much anything you love that can be your career. Yeah. Find something you love, find something you're good at, and let's figure out how to make this your life. Yeah, because guaranteed whatever it is that you love, there's a whole bunch of people that love it too. And mm -hmm. if there's little problems and you can find solutions to little problems with what you love, 
people will jump on it. Like that all you need to do is really that's all it is. Find yep. a problem and solve it. I love and it. the world the world will be at your beck and call. Mm. <laughs> what problem? What? <laughs> So what do you want to talk about first? Massage, real yeah. estate? So give us give us the career path with massage because you are an RMT. You've also, you've also now started doing real estate, blah, yes. blah, blah. So let's start with, uh, let's start with the massage. What did you do when you uh, finished massage school, got your license papers? How did that so go? So I got my license. So I actually graduated. It took me, I failed my MCQ the first time. Dun, dun, dun. I cried. I got 69. Can you believe that? Like, oh. why did you even tell me? It was such a burner mm. um, and it was $500 to do it again. So it was quite disappointing. <laughs> but um, so it took me a little bit longer. So it took me about six months. In that time that I was waiting, I um, got a job at a physio clinic doing reception. Um, and then he held the spot for me for oh, when nice. I got my license. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I got my license. And I started with him. Um, and then he introduced me to another clinic, um, his friend. Um, so I was kind of alternating back and forth between there. I'm still with them. Um, those are actually the only clinics I've worked with. They are amazing. I did work with Shar for a while mm -hmm. um, doing the corporate, corporate massage. Stuff, yeah. yeah. But it was it was in Mississauga and I was like, it was two days a month. And I was like, I cannot make this drive. It was yep. terrible. I, I, I live closer than you do because I, I think I'm it was the, I think it was the company that I was at at one Mo point. Mon yes. Mondelez, yes. I, I was yeah. there. Mondelez. And it was busy. It I was, yeah, it was, I was, it was awesome. Every time I made good money. Every time. But I, uh, at the time that I was working there, when I started there, I was at Young and Eglinton. Yeah. And then I moved to Scarborough. I think I stuck around for maybe six months once I was in Scarborough. And exactly as you said, it was only two days a month and it was busy and I made good money and I loved the people. And mm -hmm. I was like, nope, I can't do this drive anymore. I can't. Yeah. I was sitting like, it took like an hour just from Mississauga to Young. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I even pushed back and started to leave at like six yep. that way. And I still would get stuck. I was like, forget it. <laughs> um, then I applied for a job at Lifetime. I don't know if you guys know the Lifetime gyms. Yep. There's yep. the huge ones. Yep. So it was like a three interview process. I did the first interview. It was actually amazing. It came with lots of perks. She's like, I can make my own price. Um, it was more of, I don't know how you would say the commission is. It was like, there was a max. So you kind of started here. And then when you made so much, then you could move up to the next percentage. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was it capped, I think, at like 60% or something like that. I was down. I was like, okay. And then she's like, oh, yeah, come in for an interview to do a hands-on. And then I was there and I'm like, why do I have to prove my skills to these people and go do a hands-on massage? Who were you massaging? It was one of the RMTs there. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, so I was kind of really like... I didn't like that. I was like, I went to school. I earned my license. Like, I know what I'm doing. I shouldn't have to prove it. And like, what? Are you going to say no because you don't like my skills? Like, who are you yeah. to I determine? Had the, I had the same problem somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, and then I started to think about it. And I'm like, I work for two amazing clinics that it's like family. And if you work here, you're going to, it's a corporation. You're going to become a number. You're going to have set hours. Like, you have to come at this time, this time. Like, whereas right now, it's like, I change my schedule all the time. I can constantly do what I want. So I said, forget it. I just didn't go. I called like the day of and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make it. And that was the end of that. And then I've just been with my clinics and then being with them. I just realized with massage, I'm like, I feel like there's a cap on how much money I can make. I can only work so many hours. For sure. I do have a goal of opening my own clinic, having other RMTs working, eventually removing myself. But I needed the money to do that. So I'm like, maybe you could do your real estate. You've always wanted to do that. It's something that you can kind of do 
it's flexible. You can kind of do part-time um, and grow into while still doing the massage. They're kind mm-hmm. of both like part-time gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not true with real estate. <laughs> <laughs> real estate is definitely full-time. Yeah. Um, and you work all the time when you're an agent. Oh, all the time. You're always on call. If you have, I've had clients and they'll be at 11 o'clock at night, they're messaging you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And it's very high stress times for them. So you're dealing with people when they're in very high stress. And that's the other thing that's very opposite of massage. I feel like with massage, it's like most people are, are calm and relaxed before they see you and after they see you and they're just happy to see you. And do you know what I mean? It's very easy and smooth. But yeah, real estate is not something you can do part time. You got to jump in both feet. And that's why I'm like, Right now, I'm at the point where I'm just trying to do massage enough to build up my savings account, get myself into a situation so I can lessen my days and then jump both feet into real estate because Mm. you really do have to just the time of prospecting. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. clients don't just show up at your door. You can leave your cards anywhere, but we all know how many agents there are in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to actually go face to face, door knock, talk to people, network, go and it's your everything. Do you know what I mean? So I'm kind of in that transition stage, stuck in between. Going back to lifetime, I'm curious though, and we can—I know this is completely out of time. Going back to lifetime, if they paid you for the practical part of your interview, would you have done it? I would have felt more obligated or obliged, like I would want to. Because that, to me, makes sense. Like I hate the idea of doing practical I'm doing interview, a free massage, exactly. So to prove my work, exactly. Yeah. So the same way that if you worked for them they would never let you give away a free massage. Mm -hmm. Why would they expect you to come in and do a free massage ever? Clinic owners, you want someone to do a practical interview, pay them. To be 100% honest. Pay them for the hour, pay them for the half hour, however long the treatment is. That makes sense. I'm pretty sure it was you that made the comment when we were in school because you taught us kin. And I'm pretty sure it was you who made the comment Mm. about that. And I think that, is why it was even in my head. Because I'm pretty sure you had made a comment before and said that you don't do that. And people will ask you to, and you don't have to. It's up to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you don't have to. And I think that stuck to me because obviously when I was asked, it was the only time I was asked. And it was kind of like, it does kind of feel like a spit in your face. Like I paid a lot of money to go to school. I paid a lot of money to get my license. Yeah. Um, I worked extremely hard to graduate. And now it's like, I have to prove to you I'm worthy. Like it kind of just felt like. I know it's such a weird go. There's, there's, uh, I think there's two different ways to look at it. So I, I don't like it. Like there was one place I went to downtown and we did the interview. It went really, really well. It was a beautiful clinic. Like I, I actually fell in love the minute I walked in. I'm like, this place is amazing. And I would have been working with so many different practitioners. When they asked me to come back to do an active interview, the person I was going to be treating, one, wasn't even a RMT. <laughs> so I'm like, so basically at this point massage. now, yeah, you're getting a free massage. And it's exactly as you said, massage can be subjective. Like, so what, if you like what I'm doing, exactly. that doesn't that doesn't exactly equate to what skills I have or if I can treat the clients that are here. The times that I have agreed to an active interview, there's two. One, I was taking over a practice from an RMT that had been there for, I think, three years, and she was the only therapist there. She was moving out of the country. She was the one looking for a replacement that she felt would me- mesh well with her existing practice because yeah, she was maybe leaving. Yeah, like was complimented yes. what she, she did. She didn't and- ask me for like an hour massage. It was basically, can you come in? And, you know, she wanted to sort of like get a feel for the way that I treat. I think I did a 15-minute treatment with her to give her an idea of like what my hands-on skills were like 
And that was enough. And even at the 15 minute mark, I was like, you good? She's like, yeah, yeah. You don't have to give me a full free massage. Like that was normal. And that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. She should have even paid you for that 15 minutes. Okay. Maybe. But at that point, I still felt like, that's still interview. And I I understood the reasoning. Yeah. The first one, some random chiropractor saying, give me a massage. Why? That yeah. didn't make sense to me. Um, and then there was the second time that I agreed to it. And same thing. She said, I'm not, you know, you don't have to do an hour or whatever. It was a clinic owner. She only hires massage therapists. And she's kind of built this reputation of having like a very highly skilled therapist. Like she doesn't typically like to even take people straight out of school. She wants people with a little more experience, experience and yeah. whatever. So everybody that comes in, they do a treatment with her. And she says to each person, do as, as long or as little as you want. If it's five minutes, it's five minutes. Like just, I just kind of want to get an idea of what you do. Yeah, like your pressure, how it works. Like- and again, so in that case, I was like, okay, fine. But there's been two times where I said no. The one where, it wasn't even a therapist or what it was just literally some guy that was going to get a free treatment I'm like no that's silly I think it's different too because they're both the owners of the clinic so it's like I'm bringing you into my space so I just want to know because I might have a certain way that I do things or a certain type of person and I'm the one deciding and if you know your patients as you know know sort of what they're looking for but even to be able to say I've had a treatment from this person and be able to recommend them like with the one that only hires massage therapists she had six other therapists working for her so it was to be able to say like okay with different people like I think you might match well with her or her or her fine then I was okay but yeah the ones that just want a free massage no well that's the thing it was literally a 60 minute like they yeah, wanted that's a 60 minute massage from one of the that's not a, that's not a demo that's not a demo that's 60 that's minutes yeah yeah like that's, and it's like it's, it's weird to me it's like if I'm gonna if I'm a dentist gonna hire a dental hygienist do you think I'd ever say you know what, why don't you come on in clean my teeth and let's see if I like it. If I like yeah. how you do or it. Or if yeah. you did a good job or not. And if so, yeah, well, we'll talk about a position for you. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. it is. And especially because realistically, we are self-employed, right? So it's like, you're kind of hiring me on as contract anyways. And I think that was the difference. Like, they're looking for employees. And I'm like, so is this RMT that you're choosing? Because there's other RMTs there. Are they like the manager of RMTs or something? Like, or are you just choosing one of the random <laughs> RMTs to be the demo today? Like, how does Perks this even work? Perks of working here. When we hire somebody new, you get a free massage. <laughs> I know, right? So weird. Yeah, like it, yeah. I was not feeling that at all and definitely new. And I think that was the big eye opener for me is like that. And then just feeling like being a part of, they're like, oh, you get a free gym membership for you and your kids. It all sounded amazing. But then I'm like, first of all, if I finish work and I want to stay at the gym, my kids aren't even here. <laughs> and if I'm not working, I highly doubt I'm going to want to come back to work. <laughs> so I'm like, that membership might not work that well for me. So uh, stay where you are sometimes. You have to, you know, when you reevaluate and you have to look at everything. Like I had, when I first started, I didn't have that many clients. And I remember um, my, the clinic owner was so good to me. And he's like, you know, like I can, because they were just building up too. And he would, he would give me like a minimum pay no matter what, mm. um, even if I didn't have the clients. And then as I started to build back up, I would pay him back. So I would, off of each check, I would put back into repayment. Oh, wow. But he started me off on by... So at least I was getting minimum pay so that I could pay my bills and I could live, right? So it's like, you're not going to find that anywhere else. That's like a family bond. you would never find that Do you know what I mean? So to have that, and these are people like, they didn't force like contracts on me. And it was very like trusting. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, 
you know, that's there's a loyalty there. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of actually felt guilty that I went and interviewed else elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and sure. actually thought about going full time to become into a corporation. I'm like, why would I leave this? So, and it's been great for me now. Like, like I said, I've been been there almost five years. Make my own schedules. Like my one clinic, I'm only there one day a week now. But my other clinic, I'm there. I just increased. I started working Saturday and Sunday because I just want to increase my income. Just having that flexibility to do it. Like, it's like I get percentage. I get a good percentage. I've had many raises and I have a great percentage. I have full control. It's kind of like having my own clinic, but I don't have the headache of administration. Well, that is what a contractor should be. It should be that you're sort of you're in control of your own practice yeah. and you're just paying either a percentage split or rent to where you are. Yeah, exactly. If you're not an employee, they should have really little control over what you do in there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Sounds like you had a sweet deal. And now real estate. Yes. Yeah. So we wanted to get you in here to talk a lot about the commercial side of real estate for RMTs that are looking to open their own clinic, some ideas of things that they should be aware of. So for example, I just recently went out to a former co-worker's place. We were working together on a clinic and she left that place to open her own. And uh, that podcast hasn't come out yet, but we were talking about some of the struggles that she had initially with like finding a place and then understanding the bylaws with your ability to operate certain types of businesses in certain zoned areas and all that kind of stuff. So maybe you can kind of give us the idea of maybe we can walk step by step. Is that is that a possibility? Yeah. Like I'm an RMT and like the first step you might take. Yeah, I'm an RMT and I'm and I know I'm I'm looking for a place for me to start my own practice in kind of a solo practice by myself or, you know, with, with other contractors. So before again, like obviously before you even start looking at clinics, first thing is you want to pick a location. Like where do you want to be? Now you have an idea of where you want to be. The first thing and the best thing to do is get a realtor because Mm -hmm. um, you kind of want to find out what, the, what's happening in the market. You're going to go online. You're going to see, oh, you can get this place and it's $2.50 per square foot. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, people will look at that and they're doing the simple calculation of yeah. whatever that is. And that can come with extra costs. That mm-hmm. can come with, even when you get into the place, like you said, like there's certain times, oh, you can't open a massage therapy clinic here because there's already a physio there and they have massage therapists. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So this plaza is basically off limits. Like, because when you're signing in, uh, when that person signed their lease, they signed in saying that they have the right to not have the competition within their their space. That's really important for any therapists listening who are looking to open up their own space. Get somebody who knows what they're doing. Don't even try with the headaches. Get get a real estate yeah. agent working with you. I even suggest to like um, get a lawyer when you're going over. Um, it's obviously not a purchase. It's not as serious as buying a house, but it is as complicated, if not more complicated. Well, we had our we had our lawyer review yeah, the contract you before somebody, we signed this lease. Yeah, because the things that go on, and that's the thing, right? And people don't get is there's two types of leases. There's the agreement to lease, mm-hmm. and then there's the actual formal lease. So the agreement to lease is basically where everything is laid out on what it's supposed to be. This is where all the agreements of what you can and cannot do. Um, one other big thing that people the terms are much longer. Um, So usually when you sign, it's usually minimum five years that they want you to be in that place. A lot can change in five years. So one of the things that you want to look at, too, is um, your right to assign. Um, A lot of people don't think about this, but sometimes it's like the business might not be working for you after five years. And you might have a good landlord that you're like, I want to break my lease. And they're like, "Okay." And do I mean you might have a landlord that's like, no, we have a contract. If you break, then 
you have to pay this or do you know what I mean? You don't know. Some contracts will say like, oh, you don't have a right to assign or you don't have a right. So you want to know the ins and outs because sometimes like you can replace your business with another business. Mm -hmm. So mine's not working, but I can try to find someone to fill in and continue my lease and I can transfer it over into them. And that can become very detailed within the agreement as well, like subletting and assignments. And then also just knowing it's really, it's really just going over everything that's in that lease agreement. Um, There's like I was saying, retail spaces. Um, This is usually more with like stores, malls, places like that. Um, Like in the mall, for example, uh, when they rent out one of the spaces, so they have their base rent, which will be like $2.50 per square foot. And then they have like a certain amount that they have to pay based off of their gross income. So how much money they brought in and they have like a minimum. They'll have a minimum that they have to pay. So if their business isn't doing well and things are are not working, then that can give the landlord right to get rid of them, right? Like, so you have to, it's not as easy as like residential where it's like, and they, you don't have as much rights as in residential. So I'll say with like residential tenancy, um, the tenant has most of the rights. It used to actually be the other way around. Landlords had more rights than tenants. They've changed that recently and now tenants have more rights. So um, it's very hard for landlords to get tenants out to get rid of them. With business leases and commercial leases, it's not that way. Um, The landlord actually has a lot of rights over the space and you hold more responsibility. So say your air conditioning is not working at home. Will you call your landlord? You're like, my air conditioning is not working. A lot of commercial leases, if your air conditioning is not working, they're like, okay, well, call someone and tell them to come fix it and then that's your bill yeah do you know what i mean like this space is your space like you're leasing it but everything that's in this space if you have to do anything anything like that it's it's up to you well and that's the thing is i remember when we were looking for a space even speaking to a friend and uh this friend almost seemed shocked that we had a realtor working with us like what are you talking like i thought you're buying a place i thought you were leasing i said yes we're leasing it's a business lease it's a commercial space like it's it is essentially like you own it. Because as you said, the term is long, like, you know, it's minimum five years. And yeah, it's kind of like this place becomes yours. So it's not, as you said, it's not like if something were to break in here, we could just call up our landlord and be like, fix it. Yeah. be like, what are you talking about? Exactly. You fix it. The only thing the landlord really cares about is the common space. Right. And even with the common space, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you guys have it, but there's usually sometimes fees that you pay towards common space as well. Kind of like condo fees Mm -hmm. type of thing. (laughs) Like a a maintenance. Yeah, there's some, yeah, there's some places where even that gets contributed to. Lumped in with, I don't remember from the contract, lumped in with our maintenance. Like maintenance is part of what we pay. Yeah. I assume it goes, some of it goes to the common space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like everything, like you even have to get, before you can do like your renovations or how you're going to set up, you usually need to get that approved. Mm -hmm. Um, You can have deadlines on when it has to open. So say you say, okay, we're going to open. Like with massage, it... It's a little different with a massage clinic. This is really based more off of like retail stores per se. Um, But say it's like, oh, this is your opening day. Okay, well, you have to be open by this day. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there's, these are the little things that can be put into contracts that if you don't know what you're doing, you could be signing things and have no clue that you're signing into things that could cost you money. Like if you Mm -hmm. don't have it open by this day, then you have to pay this much, right? This is a scenario where you don't want to save money in the wrong places. Don't decide to not get 
an agent or not get a lawyer, or not yeah. have an accountant, if you're opening a business, pay the people who are going to save you from paying a lot of fucking money later. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things where it's like you hire experts to do things. Don't try to know it all. Don't try to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason that people are experts in things. And that's why it's about building a team because, you know, you find a realtor and that realtor helped you. And then it's like, that can be a realtor that you keep around for a long time because and hopefully you're always trying to expand. Mm-hmm. So you might need a larger commercial space. You might need to redo your contract or you might need something. And it's like, it's why you want to find people and have you have a regular accountant. CRA yeah. doesn't usually come after you until you start switching up your accountants every week. And then they're like, everything becomes a mess. But you know, you stick to the same people. It keeps things organized. Mm-hmm. It keeps things and you build loyalty, trust. And it's important. We need everybody in this world. You can't be just dismissing things, trying to save every little dollar. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's like, even for clients, how many clients have you heard them? Maybe they go to the RMT that charges $40 and they have it on the big sign out in the front. Like, Okay, well, is and then they come the, back saying she hurt my neck. Yeah. Well, why did you go oh, to a forty dollars? <laughs> There's some things you pay yeah. for quality, and you pay. Do you know what I mean? Because it will save you in the long run. Yeah, sometimes you have to put the investment in, and that's why um, we Mark talked about this again with uh, that past coworker of his on the podcast that hasn't been released yet, but it's coming out soon. <laughs> about um, there was. a a bit of a controversy over one of the episodes we did where somebody was saying like, oh, it's so easy to open up a place. I opened up my clinic with $50 in my pocket. And we're like, okay, whoa, that is not even close to typical. That is definitely misleading because majority of people, if you're going to open up a clinic, all of these costs together, like you need to have probably 50 grand in your pocket before you can open something up. For sure. Because remember, I told you my goal was to, I started a business plan because my goal was to open my own clinic. Um, And that's when I realized I need more money. That's why I was like, okay, you're not (laughs) going to do this right now. So let's put that on hold because, you know, even just thinking about, okay, now you got the space, you have to pay for a lawyer, you have to pay for an accountant, you have to pay for um, a real estate agent. And now, okay, all of that's done. And now you have to pay for your equipment. You have to pay for people like, oh, you just need a table and sheets. Okay, well, you need a desk. You need a computer. You need um, a waiting area. You know, you want to set it up and have it as a nice space. Well, that's the thing. If you half-ass something, you're not going to get busy fast enough. Exactly. Everybody these days, for example, if you're opening a clinic, everybody wants like online booking. People want, that shit for the costs best money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes even like, um, like because I looked at how, like opening my own clinic and it's like, you know, okay, I would want RMTs. I don't want to open my own clinic and just be the only RMT. I want somebody, a couple people to maybe ride with me from the beginning. So it's like, you know, those people, it's like, okay, maybe I have to have a little extra money because they're riding for me from the beginning. I have incentive where it's like, I pay them a little bit more. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I hire, this isn't the percentage I want to always have for all my RMTs, but because you guys are going to stick with me from the beginning and you know what I mean? Help me Mm -hmm. build up this business. I'll pay you more. I'll give you a higher percentage. So that costs money too. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because you're building, these are contractors. These aren't just employees where it's like oh i'm gonna pay you this much these are contractors so they'll leave you if things aren't working for them because they can easily leave and go somewhere else they can go open their own thing and you really don't want you want to build that loyalty with them too Mm -hmm. and then on top of it like are you going to pay administrative so when you open your clinic um do people take that into consideration that's forty thousand that could be forty thousand dollars a year easy yeah so are you are you planning to have that even someone part-time is still what twenty twenty five thousand um, or are you planning to answer the phones and massage and do all the booking? And like, are you planning to be all these things? Because like I said, you can only do so much. For so sure. yeah, whoever told you that it cost them $50 is probably doing it out of their basement. And that's why. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was yeah. We were we were both just taken back by that comment. Like, whoa, somebody somebody says you can open a clinic with fifty dollars. Like, no, we better clear that up right away for any like newbies listening that are listening. No, yeah. you can't. And maybe I even thought that because I'm I remember saying to someone like, oh, you're gonna open your own clinic. I'm like, yeah, it's like a super low expense business, and da da da. And it can be a lower expense business than a lot of other businesses. For sure. Yeah. You for don't sure. have inventory. You don't have like all these things that you have to get. But opening any business, especially if you have a space, if you're just opening a business online, okay, maybe you can if your business is like there's people who order things from like Alibaba and stuff and like they have their own business where they're basically like the middleman. Mm -hmm. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Okay, that might be a lower expense in the beginning because you're kind of just getting the money, putting it here, transferring back. Like you're not really doing much and you're working out of your house so you don't have to pay for a space you don't have to pay for anything you're planning to open a clinic to the public yeah it costs money because you're gonna put the best decorations you're gonna paint you're gonna have a a grand opening your grand opening is important what are you gonna offer okay so what's your grand opening are you gonna offer are you gonna offer things to people like um massages are you gonna offer food and snacks are you gonna offer maybe little giveaway things or what are you gonna do to bring people to your grand opening and that costs money I think a lot of massage therapists listening are probably nodding their heads because a lot of RMTs learn the hard way that (laughs) it's not just I'm a therapist now and suddenly you have patients lined up at your door that does not exist even (laughs) as simple as like okay one making sure where you're looking to rent your space or lease your space is zoned for medical yes yes like that's one thing to begin with whether it's the non-competition exactly so whether it's a commercial space whether it's a retail space whether it's in an office building storefront whatever the case is second when you start to do things like your renos do you need city permits depending on what Mm -hmm. you want to do you might have to for example if you're putting up walls from floor to ceiling you're probably going to need to get city permits to mm-hmm. do that. And the marshal, right? you usually need the fire marshal to come in. It can even be insuring sprinklers. If you put up a separating wall, um, you have to now ensure that you've put a sprinkler because that's a separate room. Yes. So um, I've had, even actually at my clinic, they had that issue because we built a new room. They didn't have the city come in mm-hmm. and approve everything. And then they had they came in and it was like a big headache because they came in. We had to get things done ASAP within like, we had like five days to get a new sprinkler system put in and things like that like right. so it is it's things it's not as simple as like nope. oh this is my space I can do whatever exactly. I want yeah. so like have you ever been to that dentist office for example and the, the walls don't go from floor to yep. ceiling yep. Yep. my right. dental That's office because There's they, no, need, they yeah. need to now get a city permit which takes time and blah 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 blah. Yeah. so instead what do they do they put up a three quarter wall yep. exactly right? super awkward by the way we're all just like having these <laughs> conversation. the conversation the dentist mouth is a, or mouth I hope the dentist mouth is not in my mouth the dentist <laughs> hands are in my mouth and he's asking me questions. I'm trying to talk to him, and I hear like three other people having this awkward conversation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. So, what are are there some of the kind of hidden costs that someone might not know about? So, like for example, talk to us about TMI. I think it's people get confused because I've had a few people who are looking to own their own, open their own, and space they just look at, the, and price they just per look at the price per square footage. And it's not until afterwards, when you're you know getting to the paperwork phase, that suddenly this TMI, taxes, maintenance and insurance costs comes in and they're like, whoa, because oftentimes that can be almost doubling what you were, yes. what you were gonna going to pay. Yeah. 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 It's, it's The TMI cost is significant. Oh yeah, it's huge. And it's like, that's why I was even saying with the 
the maintenance of the building. And that's kind of where it comes into, right? Yep. Is, yeah, there's certain things that you have to pay for and keep up with because your landlord's not going to. Right. And even though you're renting, you're owning. Some of the other hidden costs that people might not consider is insurance. Yes, yes. I mean, insurance isn't massive, but it is another cost that people don't consider. It's not the same as you're an RMT and you have liability insurance. If you're if you're owning a clinic, and what is the square footage? It's over WSIB. Well, that of course. But I'm even just talking about the space. If you have a space over what is it, two hundred and something square feet, it's small. So okay, so if you're talking about your professional liability insurance Mm -hmm. for massage therapists, for most of the insurance providers. It's a traveling insurance. In other words, it'll go with you wherever you go. It follows you. And the one particular one that most of the RMTs in Ontario are with, they don't realize that actually only covers you for 200 square feet of space. So people then think that they can open a clinic and, oh, we all have our own liability insurance. Yeah, but the clinic uh, no. owner is so. Yeah, the clinic owner is responsible for what happens in the entire exactly. clinic. Exactly, and so people often confuse the idea of having professional liability insurance with having commercial, commercial liability yeah. Clinical, insurance. Yeah, it's a whole other ball game. So there's another cost that I don't think a lot of people consider, and mm-hmm. especially because it's um, it's like a medical insurance as well. So that's always a little bit more costly than say just having like a random commercial space or a retail space Mm -hmm. Um, with the medical it's always you need more liability um, a higher amount really people should do the research on opening before opening a clinic in general because Mm -hmm. there's nothing I think with any business that you're going to get into um, or any space in general you always want to make sure that you're doing your due diligence to know what you can and can't do and a lot of the times what people don't get is you don't have to hire a realtor to get answers to things that's mm-hmm. correct yeah. um you don't have to always hire a lawyer to get answers you can sometimes have a free half hour consultation yeah or you can have um even like I tell residential clients with mortgages, like speak to a mortgage agent. You don't know what you actually could qualify. Like don't look at the world and be like, oh, well, no, I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Or, oh yeah, this will be easy. Like, the people are here. The experts are here. Call them. If ask you're not the question. Sure, just ask the question. Yeah. Like, no question is a dumb question, right? It's dumb when you just don't ask questions and assume that it will be easy. But like you said, it is those unexpected. Never go into any commercial thing and just be like, oh, it's $2.50 a square foot right. and do the calculations mm-hmm. because it won't add up. And that's why even when you're a part of making your business plan, bring it into a realtor and be like, oh yeah, this is my numbers. What else do I have to worry about? Yeah. What other things could I could I think about and to worry about? Because even with the insurance that you were speaking of, it covers not just for the people who work there, but also for like just a, um, sometimes you need it just for somebody's walking out yes. front and you don't yes. put the salt out. For sure. Do you know what I mean? And now it's like, okay, well, that's in front of your space so they mm-hmm. can sue you, right? Like it, it gets very complicated. Super fast. Super fast if you don't have somebody there trying to guide you through the process. Yeah, for sure. There's so many kind of hidden things that most, I think most people that are are starting off, they just don't know that are there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I wanted to do this, to say like, really consider all of these things. And like you said, get in touch with the right people. It's so, so fucking important. Yeah, and as Janelle was saying, take advantage of just 
having a consultation. Like it doesn't, yeah. you're not committing to anything, exactly. but it can be very overwhelming. If you're looking at opening a clinic, there are a lot of different things to understand. I would say step one, you have to sit down and actually do your business plan, make a plan, and then you take it to the experts and ask all, ask all the questions to find out, am I being realistic here? Am I missing things? Yeah. And once you have all that in order, okay, fine. Then you can look at actually getting an agent that you can work with, getting a lawyer you can work with. But research has to be the first step. You can't just walk into something blindly and impulsively, says one of the most impulsive people in the world. <laughs> Have you ever come across, I don't want to ask this, but I do, and I want you to tell me, but I, you know, I respect if you don't. Have you ever come across an agent that's like just completely fucking snaky? So oh for example, yes, good. That's the answer I was looking for. Oh so for example, the, the person who I had on my podcast who opened her clinic, she was this close to signing a lease because of the pressure from the, the realtor, agent. the oh agent, to say sign, 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 sign. There's a very limited time for this that you can get it at this price. And it's a good thing she didn't. She was waiting the whole time to hear from the city to see if it was zoned for medical. And it wasn't. Yeah, and so she was he's... so close to just signing because of the pressure. Oh my gosh. And sometimes the agents don't know. This, like, this agent knew. So this agent was being sneaky, but I know that an agent that I have worked with I he uh, God bless him he was a very nice man but I don't think he was very well educated in all of the things maybe he should have been yeah and uh, we were asking very specific questions about zoning and uh, I don't know if you remember this he kept saying you can't have a school here. You can't. Have, the number of times we had to explain to him, what you we are not a school. Yeah. <laughs> we are not a school. Like we are not registered with the Ministry of Training Colleges. And we are not a school. Yeah. And uh, it took us actually getting, I think, a letter from the MTCU explain, like saying that we have permission to use the word institute in our business name, but we are not a school. Yeah. Because he, yeah, anyway. But you know, and there's a lot, it sucks. Because as a realtor, it's like, you want to just advertise and be like, I'm a good person and I, you know, you can trust me. Because realistically, one thing I've honestly learned, even just dealing with agents, like just talking to them on the phone, just getting them to call you back, just there's a lot of them that are unfortunately... Um, it's just a very money-driven business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And because the money is very high and, you know, you might have an agent who hasn't made a sale in eight months and they really need this because their bills are falling behind. So now yep. they're pressuring you. All that's really important to them right now in this moment is getting their bills paid. It's hard to say. You have to really go when you're with a realtor and you're dealing with a realtor. Um, that's why I always say do your due diligence first. For sure. Try to learn what you can learn on your own. Almost any information you need, you can find on Google. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You just kind of maybe have to have the right questions to ask. Mm -hmm. So maybe if that means like, okay, you know, I'm going to talk to like four different realtors and I'm going to ask them questions and they might actually tell you things that's like, oh, I'm going to go research this. I'm going to research that. And then it's like, now you maybe know the information. Maybe I'm going to, I'm going to talk to other clinic owners and see what their experience was mm -hmm. um, or what they went through. Um, and then kind of jot down questions that I can ask. Um, it's just doing your due diligence. And I think it's honestly with anything that has to do with a service, because yeah. if you really think about it, you can go into a clinic with an RMT who, yeah, they did all their work. They're registered. They have everything, but they, you know, they don't keep up with their education. They don't really care about the practice. They're kind of just going to do simple things. So it's like, if you know you're going in there and it's specifically because you have a rotator cuff injury and you know this specifically, um, and you're trying to explain to the, 
to the RMT, okay, well, you'll go in there, research a little bit about your rotator cuff injury. Ask them some questions. Mm -hmm. See what kind of response you get back from them. Do they seem like they're educated? Do they seem like they know what they're talking about? Are they sitting there like, oh, okay, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like a deer in headlights, because... This can kind of determine where it's like, you know what? Don't work on my shoulder. Just kind of give me a relaxation and we'll go from there. And then you don't go back. But, you know, at least you're going in and that can prevent your own future injuries because you might go into someone and they don't know what they're doing and they cause more problems, right? So it's like any service that you're going to, you want to kind of really on your end, do your due diligence to self-educate because you're putting a lot of trust into people. Mm-hmm. in general so it's like the only thing you can really base it off of is their energy you meet someone and it's like what kind of energy do i get from this person like and people can trick you the world is full of tricksters unfortunately for sure, for sure. so basically we have said call the experts but be skeptical of the experts i mean like when we were looking for space we found another not this space we were looking at another space and i probably went to look at it two or three times and every time i went there i had a slightly different question because he wasn't giving me enough but he was convinced like i've answered all your questions so like the first time i went there i I was like okay yeah our taxes maintenance and uh, insurance included and he's like yeah everything's included blah 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 blah. don't worry about it this is just the fee and then you're good and then i started thinking about it i started researching like is that including like hydro and everything else Mm -hmm. and so i was like I email him. I'm like, you know, I want to see the space again because I'm really interested. And the next time I go there, I'm just like, does this include like Hydra and stuff? He's like, actually, no, not for this unit. You're going to have to call up, uh, is it Embridge? Whoever, whoever the Hy- Hydra yeah, one, so whatever Hydra the people. Hydra company is <laughs> and get set up and you're going to get billed for that separately. I'm like, you see, like you fucking told me before everything all was all included. included. Sign here. The space is great for you. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm bringing up these things, he's like, oh no, actually that's, that's not included with this. Yeah. And I think that's why like, and sometimes it can be innocent like from the professional's point of view um sometimes it's not that they're trying to be snaky or that they're you know they're just not good at what they do it can just be innocent like it's something that slipped their mind that's why it's important with anything that you just try to make sure you're prepared and have the right questions right like lawyers i think lawyers are the worst I think lawyers are like, next thing you know, they're sending you, you call them and ask them a question and they're sending you a bill for $10,000. Like, <laughs> oh, well, we were on the phone for seven minutes and we charge this much a minute. Do you know what I mean? Like, and those are the things you just have to be very, um, you can't just totally put your trust. You put your trust in the fact that these people are going to give you the, the information you need. Yeah. But you always follow up with things. You can't ever in life just go and put your trust of what is yours and what you're trying to build into somebody else else yeah it goes with everything it's we've talked about this on the podcast before as well like just because somebody has the title doctor doesn't mean (laughs) that you are going to put your entire trust your the fate of your health and your well-being in this person's hands exactly you have to be an advocate for yourself you have to understand your own body and if if you're going to this doctor and you're listing off symptoms and the answers they're giving you don't seem to add up based on what you know of your own body then yeah you're gonna go for a second (laughs) when did that happen i feel like that that happened at some point in my my lifespan i feel like when i was younger doctors you just trusted them and it's 
at some point it switched to like you know be you skeptical know, you know double. Why? because you became an adult <laughs> and yeah, you realize that all of they are they're just adults too all these police officers all these doctors yeah he could have just woke up in a bad mood because his wife pissed him off last night and now he's sitting here in the clinic dealing with all these people with their bullshit symptoms and he's like antibiotics 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 <laughs> just trying to get through his day because he's mm-hmm. stressed too like they're just humans but I almost feel like it's a generation thing like I don't think my parents had these same thoughts that that we have no absolutely not because my mother definitely is still the person that it's, puts all you of know, her trust in it, it's not even that she puts all of her trust like sure she might question but it's the attitude of like well the doctor knows better than we do why yeah why that's does gone, the doctor that's know, I mean. know better than we so do so when did that disappear i think it's our generation or like maybe a little bit no yeah like ours because like, my mom my mom's in her 50s and she's much more like um put the trust into the doctor like they know and See, i think it's it, because it depends though i think it's not i don't even know if it's so much a generational thing because i know i have clients in their 70s who are much more into alternative medicine and natural yeah, medicine different. those and, fucking earth muffins are but you, you might just say 70s and they're just they're looking at doctors and they don't trust them because they're all younger than them so you start getting older and now you're like oh this little baby doesn't know what she's <laughs> doing you know what i mean like it's like things just change i think as you get into different age categories in life mm. just because what you learned what you've seen um what you've been through yourself and what you've seen other people do it's like your perception of the world starts to differ from when you were a kid and it's like okay well he's an adult look how many kids just trust an adult that's why kids get kidnapped because it's like okay well he's an adult so he must know what he's doing and what he's saying must be true and it's because that's how we are naturally and then you get older and you start to build more skepticism and you know you your trust becomes harder to earn because you start to realize that the world is not as pretty as you thought it yeah. was i and always hated that about my fucking parents because they always like anything of authority anything like along those lines it was like 100 percent trust and i fucking couldn't stand it it's maybe like, that's why you're such a when rebel. i was at school i know right he goes he went you went totally against it it's like when i was at school no matter what i said the teacher's always right. The teacher's yeah, always right. I don't agree right. with that either. Exactly. The police officer's also right. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? For the amount of times I've got pulled over, searched up for everything, for doing absolutely nothing, yep. they're not always fucking mm-hmm. right. But my parents are of that fucking mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a mindset because um, I have a brother. My brother is very much like, oh, yeah, like things that have happened in the world. Um, like I'm looking at it like, yeah, there's still a lot of racism. And it's like, even if you say it's not racism, let's say it's not just about the fact I hate this 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 colored people i it's not about racism it's prejudice there's a lot of prejudice and there's a lot of bias so mm-hmm. a lot of people and especially they make prejudgments just based off what they see yeah mm-hmm. uh, and everybody does that so it's like and there is a lot of it happening less up here than like say the states but clearly there is an humongous issue with that in the states yeah always been and it's very 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 big right now and he's very much in the mindset well no if they just cooperate and it's just because they you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and it's like it's no it's people it's, missing the point um I, I guess I assume, I shouldn't assume, but I assume when you're speaking about this, you're speaking about like cops versus like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. It's people missing the point. It's not that, sure, there are some extreme um, members in Black Lives Matter who are like very vocal and whatever, but it's not about them cooperating. Like it's not, it's it's not, oh, we can all get along. They're missing the point of why Black Lives Matter even exists. Oh, like exactly. it's, it's from years and years and years of like, 
social injustice and oppression and whatever. It's not just like, oh, you know, cops are treating us unfairly. That's not what this whole thing exactly. is about. But people well, miss the point. Well, and it's like, you know, this went on for, what, 400 years? 500 mm-hmm. years there was slavery. It wasn't until, like, what, 60, 70 years ago that segregation ended. Mm-hmm. There's still people alive who weren't allowed to use the same toilet as you or drink out of the same fountain or yeah. sit in the same restaurant. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's people alive who went through that. Like, mm-hmm. how can you say, oh, just get over it? Oh, yeah. you're just being a victim. Oh, it's this. And it's not to say, I personally have seen it firsthand where it's like, I have been treated differently, um, not because of myself, but because somebody I was with. So the way we got pulled over and the way I was treated was different than if I, when I had got pulled over by myself. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you came with a totally different demeanor. You came with a totally different approach. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, you're saying, oh, if you just cooperate. Well, we've seen lots of videos where this person was not cooperating and they still didn't get treated it that way yep. do you know what I mean like this person is or is this white. person is cooperating yeah, but so, they're black yeah, but so they're black so they getting, still get this and then this tasered. person's white um, and he isn't cooperating like I saw a video where a guy was walking on the street with an AK-47 like on his waist a white guy and the police just come and they're like hey you know you're not supposed to be walking out and they were just calm like if they saw a black man walking down with that same gun they mm. would have there would have been backup there would have been 10 cruisers with guns out yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, it's not to say like, it. I don't agree with the plain victim. You have to, unfortunately, you're dealt the cards you're dealt. You are what you are. You have to just work with what you got and you have to make it. I'm not a believer in like play victim and, you know, oh. No, but it also, all, it also doesn't mean just pretend it doesn't exist it doesn't and ignore exist. it. And it's, it's my biggest thing is perception, right? Like yeah. just try to open up your perception because that's growth. Mm -hmm. in life is just opening up and the only thing you have control of is yourself your education your mind like that's it everything that happens in the world around you is totally out of your control Mm. do you know what i mean so you have to control your reactions okay well you know i didn't like what you did to me but how i react is what determines who i am Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and it also determines where this is going to go next so you've now done an action now the ball's in my court So I have to make the decision. Where do I want this to go? And if it goes somewhere I don't want it to go, I can't be sitting here and be like, oh, it's because you did this. Mm -hmm. I have to look at like, okay, well, what did I do after to get it to this place? Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and nobody in the world takes responsibility for themselves. That's why everybody will be like, oh, um, a lot of the times it's like, oh, well, this, this lawyer did this to me. Okay, well... Did you just listen to everything the lawyer said and not question anything? Oh, this doctor missed this. Mm. Okay, well, you know, you kept complaining that something was bothering you. Did you go see somebody else? Like, the things that you can do and you have control over is what you have to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why, like, the biggest thing came out that it's like, yeah, get your information, but do it for yourself. Get your due diligence. So when you're speaking to an expert, you can question them. It's funny, actually, the clinic owner at my clinic just said the other day, um, he's a physiotherapist and he literally just said at our staff meeting, like to the other physios, if somebody comes in and they just had a surgery and you call the surgeon and the surgeon's like, no, 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 that's fine. Okay. Well, if you see something that's not fine, tell them. Don't think because they're a surgeon that they're all high and mighty and they know what they're talking about because they're above you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, 
tell them, no, this isn't right. Because he had a situation where somebody um, came in and he's like, I won't even work on you. He turned them away because he's like, there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being like infected. He talked to the surgeon. The surgeon's like, no, 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 no. And there was actually like an infection Mm. in like the bone or something like that after. Surgeons are just people. Surgeons make mistakes. It's when people that are in a high position of power, whether it's a doctor or a police officer, whoever, Mm -hmm. it's when these people are so arrogant that they can't admit that I am human and I might make a mistake mistake. and yeah I mean I had a situation where a patient came in and this was the one and only time I had like a super irate client because she wanted to come in and get on the table because she was already diagnosed by a chiropractor the Mm -hmm. chiropractor referred her to me funny enough I didn't know this chiropractor. Yeah. Whether I knew him or not, I probably would have wanted to reassess anyway because this is the first time I'm meeting this woman. Yeah. But she comes in with a serious injury with verbally tells me what the chiropractor told her and said, oh, he told me to come see you. I was like, oh, I'm flattered. I have no idea who this guy is. Why me? I don't know. But anyway, so I tell her we're going to do an assessment. I go through my assessment with her. And after the treatment, she was refusing to pay for a full hour because she didn't get a full hour because I had to assess for 20 minutes because she thought I should just trust the doctor. Why am I assessing it? The doctor already told you what's wrong with me. Why did you have to do that? And she didn't want to pay. Wow. But then if you hurt her, if you hurt her, you did something wrong because the doctor was wrong Mm -hmm. and what he assessed is wrong, then she'd be at your front door too, right? Like it's... It would have been my fault, of course. Yeah. But I I 100% agree with you. I know we went a little on a tangent there, but... I love tangents. I love love (laughs) this tangent specifically because I really do hate the victim mentality. Me too. It's... You know what? Sometimes you, you are dealt shitty circumstances but like Janelle said that's that's what you've been dealt and now it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with it and if you're going to sit in your shit and cry about it all day well then things aren't going to get better exactly and all you can do is make a plan and start moving forward toward whatever goal you've set for yourself and as you said you can react however you want so if you're choosing to sit and complain and cry about things and say well it's because this person did this and this person did this and this person did this take 10 seconds look at yourself in the mirror and say and what the fuck am I doing exactly and that's the biggest thing right yeah. everybody's so busy looking at someone else and blaming yeah, someone else it's always else. somebody else's fault fault always yeah, yeah. exactly they can never see that their own actions that bring anything on the whole point of what I was trying to say is is that sometimes I think it's like we we have to try not to be so hard on people be especially people who can own their mistakes I think one of the biggest mm. things is mm-hmm. as an agent if you come to me and I'm like okay listen I'm not exactly sure do you know what I mean I'm not worried about the fact that in this moment it might make me sound like unprofessional or unknowledgeable about what I'm talking about. I would rather come to you and be like, you know what? I haven't had a case like this in a long time or as an RMT. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do some more research on it. I'm not exactly sure. Do you know what I mean? I would rather be that person um, than be the person that's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. And Mm -hmm. then try to, because at the end of the day, I feel like that's what builds the trust. Those are the people you want to find when you're looking for somebody. The person that can be Genuine and authentic. Exactly. Like I'm human. Oh my gosh, I miss, I, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you for noticing that. I didn't, I didn't see it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I appreciate that. Like, and can just be honest. Like, you know, I don't know. There's yeah. nothing wrong with saying I don't know. There's only thing oh, something abs- wrong with saying absolutely. I don't know, and I'm not going to find out. Yeah, <laughs> that's when it's wrong. I don't know. And I don't I know, don't and I don't care. care. <laughs> exactly. No, absolutely, and I agree with that as well. If I have a client, and you know, I'm doing everything that I know to do, and I've done my assessments, and I'm doing my treatments, and if they're coming back and coming back and coming back, and they're not getting better. I have no problem saying, I'm not working for you. This isn't working for you. Let me refer you to somebody else. Or like in the case of real estate, I don't know. 
but I'm going to find out for you. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a lot better than giving somebody a bullshit answer. You know, we were talking about doctors. My doctor once threw a name on something just because he wanted to shut me up because <laughs> my what the symptoms I was complaining of, he was telling me it was one thing. I was disagreeing and we were back and forth. So he threw a fancy name on something, wasn't expecting that I knew what that fancy name meant. And I was like, <laughs> are you joking me, sir? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? He basically, uh, he said I had, because uh, I was having some like itching and burning on my scalp, but there was no other symptoms. There was no marks. There was no rash. There was nothing. It was very neurological. So I honestly, I thought I was getting shingles, which wouldn't be crazy. I'd had shingles. I had shingles when I was in massage school. So it was a very similar kind of feeling, but there was nothing there. He was like, no, no, you don't have shingles. You don't have shingles. And, you know, we went back and forth. And then he said, you know what? It's probably just seborrheic dermatitis. Like, do you just tell me I have dandruff? (laughs) 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 Way to make it fancy. Yeah. But yes, just, you know what? Just say, I'm not sure why your scalp is burning. Let's, you know, let's see what else happened. But Maybe I'll send you to a dermatologist. Right? It's something. Not, <laughs> you have dandruff. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, my skin's not dry or flaky, but cool. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, that's the world we live in, right? And that's why you have to be your own advocate. I think that's yeah, what you, you were do. saying. And um, going back to opening like your own clinic, if you're going to run a business, if your plan and your goal is to run a business, you need to know how to start it. If you can't even put in the effort or the research or the due diligence to do the things that you have to do to start the business, you probably shouldn't be running one because mm-hmm. the things that come with running a business are way beyond just going into work every day and going home. Yep. Like, like you said, it's 27 hour days, right? Like yep. you're sitting down and you're dreaming about this. You're thinking about it. You have to set deadlines. Like you have to be, yeah, you have to set. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yeah, things might not go well. Like for many businesses, they say for, for the first five years after opening a business, you might literally be making just enough to cover. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you're not even paying yourself. So your anything that comes in is just going back into the business. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of people don't take that in. Like they think they're going to open a business and just have money, but it's like no, you got paid. Yeah. But guess where that's going? It's like you didn't get paid. The clinic got paid. Yeah, yeah. Your business got paid. Your business got paid. Exactly. Another side note, by the way, that's why I can't stand hagglers when it comes to small business. It really, really irks me when somebody is trying to squeeze every last discount they can out of somebody who's running a small business. I can't stand them. Um... It, it's really, it's really disheartening. I'm like this person, I, I'm not even talking about for myself, but it's, you know, I've seen it with people who, you know, do like handmade things and whatever. And everyone's trying to, you know, oh, why is this so expensive? I could go buy it at Indigo for $15. Well, that's because Indigo is a big fucking company and this corporate can afford to sell it to you for $15. This person handmade this, pay the $25, shut your mouth and walk out the door. Yeah. Well, that's saying, and I actually find, um, so one thing like I've even learned specifically in real estate is um, your most important sphere is actually a sphere of strangers. Um, Unfortunately, the way the world works is you think it's going to be your family and your friends that are going to support your business. They don't support until the strangers have jumped on. So once the strangers have come into your circle and stuff, and then they're like, oh, she's actually doing it. She's doing well. That's when they start to jump on. Um, Unfortunately, and you have to learn how not to take it personal because it's usually never personal. 
Um, unfortunately, your family and friends just know the time that you got drunk at the family barbecue and threw up everywhere. And they knew, <laughs> they know the times that, you know, you said you were going to do something and you didn't come through. They watched you and you slacked or you let things go. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, they being the closest to you, they'll have a little bit more doubts and reluctancy. They know when you were struggling. They know when you didn't have any money. Yeah. They don't know you as the successful S- the business successful, owner. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't take it personal. Yeah. And the one thing that drives me nuts is that when you do start to succeed, that those people come back and they look for discounts. That I I can't can't stand. You didn't support me when I was building. (sighs) And now that I've succeeded, you want to support me, but half support me. You Mm -hmm. still don't even want to give me full support. And that I can't stand. I feel like um, that's sometimes the biggest problem with a lot of the family and the friends situation is Mm. is that like they always just feel like, oh yeah, my sister does this so I can get a discount. It's like, okay, well, do you know your sister's financial situation? Do you know what I mean? Do you know your sister's And even if your sister was rich... If, you know, you're going to put that money somewhere else anyway, but you're choosing to put that money to support your si- put that money, money to, to support, support your, your sister. sister. Exactly. No. Why would you, you're willing to pay a stranger full price, yeah. but you want to pay your sister half. It like, is a pretty crazy mentality. Um, I know becoming a therapist, you know, it, in school you learn you don't treat your family and friends and you don't treat people close to you. You don't have these dual relationships. And, yeah. you know, part of the reason is exactly that is they expect And then there's conflict. They expect that they can call you on your off hours and you'll take them. They expect that you're going to cut them a deal. You know, you'll treat them for an hour, but only charge them for a half. They expect all of Mm. this. When really, it should be the opposite. As you said, these should be the people that are like... Yes, I'm going to give all of my my business yeah, to you. Come t- and I'm going to come to her when she's working. Like, I kind of made it, my my family learned pretty quick because, you know, like, oh, even we were at like a family event and it's like, oh, I'll pay you. Um, Do you want to give me like a treatment? And I'm like, no, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a here. party. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm here having fun too. I'm not trying to work right now. Like, um, come to my clinic. Love to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would love to. I'm not even for your money. Do you know what I mean? Because if you come to my clinic, I'm not even making 100%. I could make 100% right now. That's not even what it's about. It's just about, you know, support my business when I'm, you know what I mean? Like not right now when we're all Support my business when I'm in my business right (laughs) now. um, It's not happening. Yeah, we're just family right now. (laughs) I had a a very funny situation where I was with two friends, two girlfriends, and one of them, she said it sort of in a joking way, but I think there was some seriousness to it where (laughs) she was like, she's like, oh, like I hurt my neck. Can you like check this out? But it was, it was very jokey. And the other friend, because of something that had happened previously said, don't ask her because she doesn't like to give massages when she's not at work. She's like, which is so silly to me. I I can't remember. It was so silly to me because you're a massage therapist. This is what you do. Don't you love it? I'm like, I do love it, but I'm not working. Do you love your job? Do you want to work right now? Yeah. No? Okay, cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah, your husband must be so lucky. I'm like, no, he's probably the unluckiest of them all. True. You know what I mean? Like, when I come home from work, uh, honey, could you rub my back? I'm like, no. No. And it's not even like you get a fair exchange. Like you guys might get a fair exchange, but, but we, I wouldn't. But we don't. We don't treat each other for the yeah. same reason. I don't even ask him unless I'm like desperate. Dire. Yeah. You know, like I need a treatment. I don't have any, but anything booked right now. Like I usually I will book an appointment and I'll go pay someone and he'll do the same. Yeah. Once in a while we treat each other like we said if it's you know and I desperation. Think and honestly, like I'm not gonna lie. Like when I do a treatment to someone that's like a family or friend, like I'll be kind of slack. 
back. Like, I'm not going to give you the same energy that I would give. People are like, oh, but you love them. You're going to take, I'm like, well, no, I, I love them. And I know that I can give them a slack <laughs> massage. <laughs> and it's all good. Like, yeah, I'm going to watch TV while I'm doing it and not really, you know what I mean? Whereas, and that's kind of why I'd rather just go to someone else. I would rather just be a client. I'm a stranger to you because... It, it is a difference. There's yeah. a difference by how, and that's why even with the, your friends won't support you thing is, is like when you build this fear of strangers, these people are literally only basing you and learning you off of what you do, what you do and yeah. what you show them. Do you know what I mean? So they don't have like a past thing to go off of. And now it's like, okay, now you're they're You're building a reputation with them that has nothing to do with your personal life. Mm-hmm. I even like that more for getting like my own treatments like I would there's certain things I would rather go to somebody else um I can even understand with being a realtor sometimes it's like sometimes family and friends don't want to come to you um maybe because if you don't do things properly like it's that business and pleasure type of thing mm-hmm. yeah um and it's a lot of money and it's not about the fact like oh I don't want to pay her it's just about the fact like if things go messy or they go sideways I don't want things to anything to come between our relationship yeah people need to stop taking it personally as well like I uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking of so many examples in my own life uh, with either example. my, yeah, with myself, with, yeah, I, yeah, Mark and I, when we, um, the first realtor we ever worked with, um, it caused, it caused a little bit of an awkward friction because we, we actually know a handful of realtors. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we've got a lot of them around and at the time you know, we had to choose someone that made sense for what we were looking to do. And at the time I was pregnant. So Mark was really taking the lead. So I said to him, let's pick the person that you're going to work best with based on what, you know, what we need to do. And um, another person contacted me and was very hurt and offended. And, you know, I thought we were closer than that. I just had to say to her, like, this is not personal. As a person, you're fucking great love you. It's not personal. This is business. And we chose the person that made the most sense with this business decision. Yeah. Yeah. Because that particular person who got offended, I know that person. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable talking to them the same way I feel I would feel about this person. Like if I was to see something I don't like, or I do like, or my finances, I'm like, I don't want to talk to that person about it. And, or I, I have a certain way that I speak to like the real tour or to them exactly and, and they might not ha- and well, clearly I'm, they're a little bit more sensitive so and i'm like <laughs> I, I don't want to have that i don't want to have that type of conversation with you yeah i wouldn't feel comfortable yeah and now being involved in something that's so big i'm like i don't want to ha- i don't want to have to walk on eggshells i don't yeah. want to have to hold back yeah and honestly like i had a scenario and I actually um so I've had a fr- I have a very 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 close friend um and they have a listing right now and they didn't use me um and I was extremely hurt by it and I wasn't I was hurt for more than one reason the first reason I was hurt was obviously because they didn't use me do you know what I mean that was me just taking it personal and like oh why wouldn't they support then I kind of sat down I, ha- I actually haven't even seen her yet I have to call her and talk to her because I haven't even seen her yet but why wouldn't they use me and da, 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 da. so I got over that and I'm like okay you know what there could be many reasons. First of all, it might not even be her. It might be her spouse. Right. Do you know what I mean? It, and, like in our case, it, yeah. I was perfectly happy with using the person who got offended. You were going to take whoever. But I said. You left it up to him. Mark, you, you have to choose because I am too pregnant to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. So you do it. Yeah. So, yeah. And then my second reason, the other reason, the only other reason that I was kind of really hurt is like I felt like we were close enough that we talked at least four times a week and she never told me they listened. So mm. it kind of just felt like it was like... So it felt hidden. It felt hidden. Yeah. And that that actually, I realized, is what hurt me more. Um, and I've realized that I'm like, 
this is not something that you're going to, because I had to go over it myself and reevaluate. And that's why I kind of came to the thing that you can't take it personal yeah. because um, you do. And especially like I'm telling you right now, being a realtor, um, and honestly, anybody will come to you as a massage therapist. Like, oh yeah, you're a massage therapist. <laughs> Can you do my back? Being a realtor, like it is much harder to find clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I said, it can get messy between friends, family, yeah. people mm-hmm. that you're close to. It took me a long time to really not take that personal thinking, oh, these are the, going to be my number one supporters. And not taking it as like, just because they don't support me in, at this moment doing this doesn't mean they don't support me in life. Right. Do you know what I yep. mean? And it's like you have to learn to differentiate between the two. Do you know well, what I mean? I have a friend who felt the need to tell me why she started seeing a different massage therapist. And I, I stopped her before she even went through her reasons. I was like, you do not have to explain anything to me. Well, and even if the, if I want to hear it, the only thing I'd want to hear is feedback. Like, yeah. if I want to hear it, I just want to hear like, yeah, okay, well, why do you want to do it? Because maybe is there something that you feel like I'm, whatever reason, like maybe it's feedback on something that I could do sure, differently. Sure, if it's if it was because of that. But I, I, just, I just wanted to say to her, like, you don't have you to. don't have to explain yourself. You are, you know, free to see whoever you want. If this person works better for you, I mean, it, it was a matter of location and schedule. Yeah. So I was like, you don't have to explain anything to me. I am in no way offended. Yeah. Um, I still think that you're a supportive friend. I don't think that this was in any way like a slap in my face. Like go, go see who works for you. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And yes, it's different because this is, you know, talking, you know, maybe 90 to $200 a month, not in your case where it's yeah, uh, it could be like $15,000. <laughs> that's a little bit different. <laughs> uh, it jumps a lot, but yeah. And that's, but that's actually what makes it complicated on both ends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why you have to be more understanding because even if with these people, it's like, that's $15,000. If I screw something up or if I do something wrong, that's $15,000 now. That's that's a lot. And yeah. that can ruin a relationship. Do you know what I mean? $200, usually you let it go. Your friend owes you $200. You're like, whatever. You probably don't even remember they owe you $200. Do you know what I mean? You let it go. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but now when you start getting into bigger money um, and things like that, it, it becomes complicated. And they even say, I heard something from someone. He's like, um, even with lending money, say you need, you never lend money to family or friends. You give them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because if you ever give a family or a friend money and you expect it back, you are already creating turmoil. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Because now this person, if they can't give it back, they have guilt, they feel shame. So now they're automatically going to feel like they have to distance themselves. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because then they think anything they spend money on, they think you're looking at them like, well, what the fuck? You owe me me. money and you're buying shit for yourself? What are you doing? Exactly. So it's like you have to just look at it like, okay, you know, and and most people are good people. So they'll give it back when they have it. Or, you know, you don't expect it back, but they'll come to me like, yo, I I know I still owe you that 400 bucks, but, you know, just give me some time or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's cool. Don't worry. You never actually tell them, oh, yeah, you don't have to pay me back because if they come back, you want it. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But you, you go to sleep at night knowing like, okay, I gave this away. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know. Everything in life just comes down to like, when you're dealing with other people and business, it's like, everything just comes down to, you have to be able to kind of separate your emotion out of business and make it business. Because even if it's just a regular client, you might have a client that comes in and they're like, I hate your massage. It's terrible. No, nobody will ever really come in. No, nobody's I, usually that. I don't polite. think anybody has the balls to, <laughs> to say actually that. do that. But it's like, you know, let's say there's a review and someone leaves a terrible review. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't um, like use celebrities as an example. Like, you know, look how many people 
hate Kim Kardashian and leave mean things all over her thing. She can't live life worried about those people. No, you have to have a thick skin. Well, I mean, Mark just posted um, a review we got for the podcast that was like, this is terrible. I hope it gets better. And we're like, you know what? Yeah, exactly. Stop we're, listening. We're not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks for trying to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks for giving it the good old college try. We'll mention you in the next one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's that's how it is, though. You have to have like that. You have to stick to your own, to what you know, and just try to be great at what you're great at. You know, you're going to meet people. You're going to get snaked in life sometimes. People are going to come in. They trick you. You learn. You move forward. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? On to the next. Um, that's literally what all life is. Even with your own business, you're going to go into things. You're going to make a dumb mistake and be like, you don't even want to tell anybody because you're like, shit. Like, <laughs> like, that was, I that was so obvious. Like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, you can't be hard on yourself. Like, so hard on yourself that you put yourself into that cocoon because then you'll just stay where you are. That's when you end up sitting in your shit. Yeah. If you make exactly. a mistake, just fucking deal with it and move, move on. forward. You can sit and dwell on it and dwell on it and dwell on it. It happened. Even other people's mistakes, right? Like, yeah. oh, you were like, oh, you hurt me so much. Well, you know, the people who hurt you are usually the people closest to you. Because, you know, if Billy Joe down the street does something behind my back that I don't really care because I don't care about Billy Joe down Why the street. Why do I feel like you don't actually know anyone named Billy <laughs> Joe? <laughs> For all the Billy Joes out there. <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's always the people who are closest to you that are going to let you down, that are going to hurt you. It's always the people close, you know, and you're going to that's those are the people you're going to hurt. They're the people that have the capability to hurt you because a random stranger saying something bad about you, a random stranger doing something shady to you, you're going to move on really quick because that's a random stranger that you might never see again. Exactly. Somebody close to you that you've put your energy into that you have, you know, that they know you, that you've been authentic with and genuine with and then they hurt you. Yeah. Then it's going to fucking matter because you, you're you losing something there. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's exactly what it is so many tangents i don't even i don't even know where we are anymore i know it's fine i think the overall goal is if you're opening your own clinic as a massage therapist or as anybody if you want to open your own clinic do the due diligence on your end to find out anything that you need to find out speak to experts speak to people get information um there's a lot of um, majority of realtors will spend time with you because because um, they want to make a sale they want to make a sale they want to you know what i mean like and they will there's certain people who are like you know they want it together like a really good realtor will be like will want to see your business plan yeah okay so let's do you know do what i mean that's thing. a huge thing a lot of realtors are like do you have a business plan because if you don't like i don't think i don't know if you're you're serious because if you're seriously planning to open a commercial spot to have a space yeah. to pay this much money rent but you don't have a plan i don't want to work with you do you know what I mean? Because you're two all over the place. Go yeah. get this stuff together and then come back. So let's do this then in closing. Give us some very usable ideas on how someone can find what would be a quote unquote good realtor for them. Like what should they be asking? How should that realtor be displaying themselves to that person? potential client that would make that client say yep this is good for me okay so the first thing that you want to do is um it's it can be kind of individual based off of your own personal knowledge um one of the first things that you want to know is whatever your you feel like your top knowledge is in the industry or what it is those are the questions you want to kind of start with 
go with what you know best. Do you know what I mean? What you know and you understand. Make sure that this person can relate and knows and understands those things too. Because if you're a non-expert and you know these things and this person doesn't know these things, then that might be a red flag. So to make this a little more concrete, if you are somebody that's looking to open a clinic, we'll relate it back to massage. Maybe you want to talk to a realtor who has dealt with other small businesses as yourself, who has dealt with massage therapists or physios and who understands our business as well yes. as their business. Yeah, do they only work with retail? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because as you, yeah, as you said, retail is very different yeah, than what we do. Yeah, there's different things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's their their own experience, their past experience. Yeah. Um, I think their knowledge in, like you said, what the expenses are going to be, what's this going to cost me? Um, honestly, knowing if, if, if you go to an agent and they don't ask you for any information, mm-hmm. that okay. might be a red flag. Mm-hmm. When you go to meet a realtor like the number one job as a realtor, to be honest, is we actually want to ask questions. We want to find out where you are because mm-hmm. that's how I know. That's how I prepare myself to work for you. So maybe not looking for somebody who's so eager to, to have you sign things, you know, yeah. looking for somebody who is going to ask you as many questions as you're asking them, if not more. And, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with asking a realtor for their plan. What's your plan? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How are you going to find me this place? Mm-hmm. How are you going to, um, what kind of areas are you going to look at? What are the things that you're going to do? You can ask the realtor what their plan is because they need a plan. When they leave you, they're going to go home and they're going to be like, they're going to go start looking online and they're going to like be writing down things that they're looking for, things that they're not. They're going to have their plan. And it also will give you the idea if they were listening to you and if they understand you. Exactly. Like, do they understand exactly what it is you're looking for? And it's kind of them reiterating back to you what you just said. Let's go back Did to you, elementary were, school. Yeah, Active listening. listening. Were you listening or were you just <laughs> hearing, right? Yeah. Because um, like, you know, for all you know, they're sitting there and they're just hearing dollar signs. Do you know what I mean? So they're taking it in. They take the one, two points. Okay, so she's a massage therapist. She wants clinic and that's it. Yeah, and you should be, you should be armed with um, it, uh, all the information to give them. They should be asking the questions, but you should show up knowing what your budget is or, you know, a rough idea of what your budget is. And as Janelle said, knowing what location you want to be in, you know, mm-hmm. we're in the GTA, for example. Don't just shoot. It's re- you can't just say, I want to be in Toronto, like yeah. give, give a location. So that requires background research as well. Knowing what type of demographic you want to be in, knowing in the surrounding area, what other clinics might exist already. Like yeah, doing, yeah, doing that research again ahead of time, not depending solely on the realtor to be able to tell you what other clinics are in the area and you know what demographics are in the area you 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 should know that and you have to remember you're hiring them so sometimes when you're going in to meet a realtor like they're the ones on the interview you want to ask them what are you going to do for me and you might interview three or four people. You don't have to hire the first person you see. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see. And then that might even just doing that alone, just hearing from two or three different people gives you an idea on you'll automatically be like, oh, wow, that first person that I thought I liked, I don't like it all anymore. Because now I've talked to this third person and he sounds so knowledgeable and he sounds like he knows exactly what he's doing. So it's kind of just going into it, especially if you're inexperienced. Like I said, when you already have some type of knowledge, it's like, okay, go in there and show them that you have some type of knowledge. Put them on the spot. Let them know, Mm -hmm. like, I know what I'm talking about. If you're going in there and you don't have any knowledge, don't make it one person. Line up three or four interviews. Listen to different people. And that's why I'm saying 
ask questions, find things out. Um, so then when you do make a decision, it's like you have a bunch of now information to be able to base that decision on. I've been dying to throw this point in here the whole time, but holding it back because she's talking very logically and practically right now. But since I am a little bit of a hippie earth muffin. Oh, energy? Don't No, not energy. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, it's kind of. It's, but don't ignore your gut. Gut feelings are there for a reason. Your instincts are usually right. And yeah. I learned this a thousandfold after having kids as well. You, usually your instincts are right. So if you're meeting with someone and you're asking the questions and, you know, they might be giving you the answers you want, but there's something telling you this is not right. Well, then maybe you need to listen to that because maybe this is not right. Yeah. Sorry. I, the hippie but you know, it's funny in. though because the first thing I was actually going to say is energy. So when you meet this person, how do you feel in their presence? Like I was going to go into the hippie vibe. Like how do you just generally feel? Like there's literally people you can get around and you're like, I cannot wait to leave this room. Do you know what I mean? Or there's people you get around and in the moment you feel okay and then you leave the room and you kind of feel drained or you feel like because, you know, you should... If, if you speak with a good realtor and you have a business plan and you're ready to go, you should leave that room after seeing the realtor and feel inspired. Yeah. You should yeah. feel like, I can't wait to get this started. This person's going to work awesome for me. Like, you should feel good and confident. Um, if you're leaving and now all of a sudden you have doubts or you feeling you're you're leaving and you feel like, oh, now you feel scared or more reluctant to do it, mm -hmm. that might not be the realtor for you. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, our realtor was definitely horrible. Horrible. Yeah, like, like, to be honest with you, like, I stopped using the realtor for, for anything more than get the keys to the place I want to see it, right? So yeah. it got to the point where I was finding the listings that I wanted to go see. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to go see this. Yeah. So he would just, he was just there to get the lock. He box. just, exactly. he didn't, he didn't instill any confidence in us. Like I said, I would ask him questions and I didn't feel I was getting the correct answers. And then the whole thing about school, the, school. you know, not understanding the zoning. And yes, maybe, you know, as you said, it's innocent enough. I don't think he was being snaky. But he wasn't listening. But he wasn't listening. Yeah. And that was a big, big problem for me. I oh, said no, to Mark, it, like, but this, it is, even got this is making worse. me crazy. Like, like even it, it even got to the point when we were doing the agreements and everything else, I cut the realtor out of the mix. I was dealing straight with the property management oh, yeah. because this person was a complete fucking disaster. But we were in the hot seat. We really wanted this place. It was a timely thing. Like yeah. we had this. We also knew this unit would go yeah. if we didn't. We had this whole thing done in like less than a month, which is fast, which it's is fast, super fast yeah. right? Yeah, like even the property manager was like, like this is happening way quick. Like I don't think you realize because I. I was actually being a little bit impatient with the property manager. He's like, slow down. It's We're getting to like yeah. the holiday season and this is actually going at a much faster pace than it normally does. So relax a little bit. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I was impatient to begin with. So I cut the realtor out of a whole bunch of things. Like I just was like, fuck, don't send me any more listings because everything you're sending me is shit. I just need you to fucking get keys so I can go see stuff. And then yeah. once all the ball started rolling, then I started dealing with the property manager myself. And, and our lawyer. Like and I said, we, and we, made sure, yeah, we made sure to yeah. have the lawer involved because the realtor had to call me up and say, can you email me the agreement? Can you email me the lease? <laughs> yeah, like they had ridiculous. nothing to do with any of it. This was a learning experience for us. And it goes back to Janelle's biggest point from the entire podcast is we didn't do our due diligence in when in finding a realtor. We kind of just went with the first person we met because we knew what we wanted. We knew when we wanted it. And we were on a bit of a deadline. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you're a realtor. Cool. Let's work together. And then within like a few days of working this guy, we, we yeah. were 
were both yeah. like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. But like, to be honest, you like, I think that's how we work. Like, I, we work like that too. Like, we we're, we're big into doing what we can for ourselves to begin with. Like when we when we bought our our residential place how i did not want to work with the original person that because she would have been too meddling you wanted to i wanted to do a ton of this stuff right so the other person we end up using you know he threw us a couple listings that he thought would have been good for us but he really let you do it and then i was like you know what (laughs) fuck it man like i'm gonna find the shit you just get the keys (laughs) he's like all right yeah because but that's just he was i I actually think that's a little bit of a realtor's dream like okay (laughs) yeah Yeah, and and again (laughs) this this guy was very happy to let Mark take charge because as you said like it, it was kind of a realtor's dream but I knew the the original person that would you know thought no she's she would have wanted she's a bit been more in control. the business a long time I mean she's fantastic I know lots of people have worked with her but she wouldn't have worked at the pace Mark works and she wouldn't have liked the cut and dry directive like she would she wouldn't have been happy and with that that's the thing when it comes to like client professional like the bond between like a realtor and a client is it's very much off of like and that's why you just have to be your authentic self as a realtor because it's really based off of who you like because mm-hmm. you're you, what you're kind of doing is you're not really selling them anything do you know what i mean you're, like, well, you're, you're not just because ultimately, guiding them and yeah. helping them to find what they already know they want mm-hmm. that's you know I mean? that's the mark of a good realtor in my opinion is when you're not trying to make a sale you're trying to help people yeah. find what they need exactly. and what they want. So if you're being pushy and if you're if you're doing more convincing and selling than you are listening, then you're then you're not doing your job. Exactly. And, and that's my opinion. I mean, and I don't work real lose, estate. You'll lose people. And this is the thing, right? Like you'll lose people that way because yeah, yeah you might get that sale. But they'll never come back. No, they'll be pissed and they'll because never you, refer you, you because were now manipulative. They ended, and you ended they ended up in a house like we don't even really like this house. Yep. Do you know what I mean? We don't really like this space. Like, yeah. I knew we should have said no, but this person was just so... And I've seen people, like, a lot of people in this world, like, even as a massage therapist, I don't know how many you, times you guys go through this, but I tell people all the time, let me know if I'm doing too much pressure. You don't have to take it. It's mm-hmm. your massage. Don't feel nervous to say that's too much. Do you know what I mean? Because there is people who come out and it's like, I have to ask them because I noticed like their body twitched or something. I'm like, is it too much? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, tell me. Mm. I can't see your face. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't wait until I see your feet like kicking and your toes curl. Like, no, like just tell me it's too much, right? A lot of people don't. A lot of people are very nervous to tell a professional that they have doubts or that they don't like something or mm-hmm. that it's not working for them. Mm-hmm. I think that fear comes from um, just people being arrogant again, as I talked about. Like, you know, if you, if you question a, a doctor, Mm-hmm. And you don't get the doctor who's going to say, okay, I understand your concern and let's talk about it. If you get the doctor who says like, trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Well, that dismissive attitude makes you afraid to question, to question. anybody. Or like, oh, okay, sorry. Was that the Google doctor that told you that? Oh, I hate that. I have the <laughs> best doctor now. I, Mark and I disagree a little bit on this because he doesn't love her. But what I love about her is she actually listens to me. And when she suggests something and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. She will take the time to explain to me why she's suggesting something and she will listen to me and she has never once said like, oh, did you Google that or whatever? Like she's very, I feel like we're working together and that's how I want to feel when I'm with any professional. Because that's what it is. You're an adult now. So it's not like everybody's like, oh, just put your trust. No, I don't have to put, I'm an adult too. Do you know what I mean? Like I could have went to school and did what you did. I just chose not to. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that my capacity, my brain capacity couldn't have completed the exact same things that you've completed. Right. Um, so at the end of the day, like, let's work together. This is a business relationship. Whether you're my doctor, whether you're my lawyer, whether you're my whatever Counted. it is. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't matter. We're all adults. This is 
a business relationship, everybody should feel equal. It should never feel like um, I'm down here and you're up here and I'm just lucky to be in your presence. Mm. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, or get a little bit of your time. Like, it should never feel like that. And mm-hmm. that is and will be usually the deciding factor. And those are the energies, though, that you have to kind of look at when you're hiring any professional to do anything for you. Even like look at um, contractors. Look how many people have problems with contractors who come into their house. They sell them like this big dream. And it's like, you know, you have to go off your gut and you have to go off intuition. You have to be able to say like, listen, you guys have been here for four hours and it doesn't seem like anything got done. You have to be able to go up and stand your ground. You have to be able to take charge and you have to remember you are hiring them, which makes you kind of their boss. If you can fire them, then it makes them, you, their boss at that moment. So you have to, you know, kind of look at things like, that's what I was saying. It's an interview process for them as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not just like you're a realtor, so I'm going to hire you and now I work for you. So you tell me what to do and you tell me how it's going to go and you tell me the best place and the best things. Like, no, you give me your professional advice. I take it in. I might rebuttal. We go back and forth. We come to an understanding. Not you tell me what it is and I'm just supposed to be like, okay, he's the professional. He knows. (laughs) I want to have you back on when we do our podcast about massage bullies. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you'll have a lot to say on that. Massage bullies? Is that like the client? No, no. (laughs) We're planning. I'll I'll do a sneak preview for it before we wrap up here because mama's got to go pick up her kids. Um, (laughs) We're planning to do an episode about um, massage bullies. So people in our industry who are sort of belittling other people for, you know, different treatment approaches, different modalities. And it's, it the online bullying is getting like kind of ridiculous. I don't know if bullying is the right word. Bullying but. is the right word in some of these cases, I feel like. I feel like they're just being mean to be mean and they're speaking down to their own colleagues. And I really don't like that. Like there's one particular group in Facebook and I saw a recent post and then someone just kind of commented on it. It could have been taken as a, a negative thing that they said. And then someone responded like, this is the reason why people don't even want to post in here. Because as soon as we post something, it gets shot down. We get belittled. We get told we don't know what we're talking about. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like we don't even feel free to speak in this open forum with our colleagues, with certain Without people. And, people. and, and the colleagues. worst part is like a lot of these people wouldn't say it to your face. If we were yes. actually sitting in a group right now yeah. in a room, um, mm. you would have just kept that comment to yourself. Oh, for sure. Oh, we had this happen based <laughs> on our podcast. Someone sent us a message about our podcast telling us, well, you have a certain responsibility because you have a podcast to speak for the profession blah 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 blah. you should tighten up what you guys are doing and we're like fuck what are you talking about one we have no obligation to anybody but ourselves Mm -hmm. blah 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 blah. we were in the same room with this person probably four days later silence nothing yeah didn't even even approach us didn't say anything wow but online that message was millions and millions of words and that's so ridiculous like because even if it's like from a professional point of view come up to me and just be like hey you know like maybe we can discuss what we were talking about online because it seemed like it was misunderstood like mm-hmm. you know what i mean it was actually really i mean on, on the other that. hand we also didn't approach him no but, but i wasn't the person first. that reached out no to no, him no i understand but i'm saying yeah. like if we really had something to say as well but i think if no, you for you to go to him it's more of a hey you had something to say say it to my face for him to say it to you is different because he's the one who Initiated had the, the issue mm-hmm. he's the one who saw an issue so if there's an issue now you're seeing me come approach it mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna go looking i didn't have an issue I was perfectly fine. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And now 
I still don't have an issue because I'm just going to ignore what you said. <laughs> but well, the issue was that deep where it's this long, <laughs> you know what I mean, online, then, you know, that seems like an issue that maybe you would want to come say something to me when you see me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But it's not up to me to come up to you and try to restart the issue. Do no, you know I'll just mean? bring it up later on a different episode of the podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Passive aggressive? uh, No, I thought it was fitting because we were talking about massage. Anyway, we are going to do that episode. But before we wrap up here, Janelle, because you do so many things, you are a massage therapist, you do real estate, why don't you let people who are listening know if they have questions or maybe someone's looking to buy or sell or whatever, how to get in contact with you? Okay, so um, my name's Janelle Knox. Um, For massage therapy, I actually have two clinics. I work out of a clinic in Whippy called Physio Care and another clinic in Bowmanville called Physio Can. Um, I'm also a realtor at Keller Williams Energy. Um, I work there. um, I'm not at the brokerage, but if you ever need to get in touch with me, you can contact me on my Facebook, which is Janelle Sells, J-E-N-E-L-L-E and Sells, S-E-L-L-S, or email Janelle Knox at JanelleSells.com. Any questions, any feedback, anything you want to say, definitely hit me up. Let me know. 27 hours a day. 27 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, right on. Well, thanks for coming. That's been awesome. It's been great catching up Thanks for having me. Definitely. Cool, cool. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.